0: Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of Consciouspreneurs Creating Global Impact. My name is Maria Martinez. I am your host. And today I have a very special guest, Liam Holmes, who is the CEO and founder of MIS Solutions, expert in cybersecurity and cloud provider. I met Liam at a couple events. And since the moment we met, he was very open in sharing his expertise and and how he, he arrived at his success and accomplishments and shared a lot about what makes somebody successful. So I thought it would be a great idea to bring him on for all of you to first of all meet him and find out more about him. And secondly, for him to share with you what has attributed to his success, what qualities uh, what steps or strategies that he's taken in his journey here and and moving forward. So thank you, Liam, for being here today. Sure, thanks, Maria. Tell- I
1: appreciate you having me
0: on. Thank you. Well, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and let our audience know who you are, what journey, steps, learnings, Helped you arrive here at your success now.
1: Sure. So, uh, as you mentioned, uh, my name is Liam Holmes. I'm uh, CEO and founder of MIS Solutions, uh, based in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, you know, my wife and I started uh, this business. We 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 were a home based business when we first started. We started out of the kitchen of my house, and uh, we've been in business now for uh, nearly 30 years. Uh, we're about 50 people, and so we are now. A global company, uh, and you know we really specialize in technology and we specialize in helping cu- customers uh, understand how to be successful and how to be efficient. I think one of the unique things that uh, we really learned uh, in that space though was that you know as you really help customers become successful you know it's 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 more than just the speed speeds and flashing lights it's it's really you know that partnership of helping them understand and bringing them along. And I think, you know, as I look back through my journey, uh, it was really building a lot of those skills that were not technical skills. It, it was the skills about, you know, how do you uh, go to where somebody is to, to help bring them across the finish line. And, and so I think that really there was a lot of unexpected you know, learning in the journey that, that we've taken to get to where we are today.
0: What would you say was the biggest lesson in learning for you?
1: Um, probably the biggest lesson for us was if you sort of think of that typical IT guy, you know, uh, where you sort of expect that, that everybody is at a level and that you can you know, have a lot of expertise, and that people would appreciate that expertise. Uh, I think what you actually learn is that uh, while that may be true to an extent, um, it really is that old adage about you know building leadership skills. It's you know a, a great leader is somebody who knows the way, somebody who goes the way, and someone who shows the way. And those are really difficult skills to learn. Uh, but you have to learn them in order to be able to come to where somebody is and then be able to practice your craft, whatever that may be, uh, in order to be able to make them successful. And I, and I think if you can do that, uh, it really changes the way that you think about it as opposed to simply saying, you know, I'm going to be the best at doing the one thing that I, that I bill for, right? It, it really is bigger than that.
0: What were some of those leadership qualities that you had to learn in order to to have the kind of success that you have now?
1: Um, I think there's there's a number of those things. It's it's you know how do how do you make somebody who is challenged at, at not being able to understand a certain subject matter? Uh, how do you bring them along in a way that they feel engaged, right? So that they don't feel stupid. Um, how do you allow them to share in the solution, in the problem that they have, you know, give them enough background so that they can not only understand your perspective, but actually come to the table with their own perspective that's meaningful in a way that produces value for them, right? And so I think really understanding how to speak with customers is really important. I think, you know, Learning tools like DISC or Colby to understand people's you know, emotional styles mm-hmm. is really important so that you can you know, help speak in a language and in a tone and using the words that, that really helps them identify with who you are, I think mm-hmm. is important. I think that one of the skills you have to learn is, is to how to demonstrate value. You know, the, the old saying around, you know, price is only important when I feel like I'm not getting enough value, right? And so, you know, you have to really learn how to demonstrate value. Um, otherwise, it, it becomes around the price and, and, and whatever it is that you do is very commoditized, right? right? And so I think you have to learn how to do that. And then, you know, there's there's all the common things, right? when each of us start a business, we typically start a business because we're good at doing whatever the thing it is that we want to sell. Mm -hmm. But as we become successful at that thing, um, in my case, being an IT guy, right? You then soon realize that you have to become good at HR Mm -hmm. and finance and recruiting Mm -hmm. and strategy. And you have to be good at creating culture you have to work on your leadership skills to be able to lead people but remember you started this business not to do any of those things you started this business because you were really passionate about technology and you wanted to be a great IT guy right and so mm-hmm. I think I think one of the things that that you discover uh, through the years is that you know that technology that flavor the the thing that asked you to start the business to begin with uh, becomes a component of what you do, but there's all these other skills that you really have to learn in order, in order to be able to uh, produce value and, and grow the company to meet Absolutely. the vision that you had to begin with.
0: Absolutely. And that is why I wanted you to be on the show because your approach to business is very open in the way that you're willing to learn, you've learned what you needed to learn to grow and to scale. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck in in that next level when they come up against something that it's, they're unfamiliar with. And yeah. sometimes they try to do it themselves. They try they try to be that uh, finance person or that marketing person. Uh, and as we, as we grow, and in order to grow and scale, we, it, is, it is important to have an understanding of the components of your business, but it doesn't mean that you will have to do it all. If, if it's easy and it's something that you can take on, by all means, but really to maintain that leadership position, that CEO that is driving the business, that is leading, you need to delegate certain things and, and bring in the right people. Yeah. So I really like what you said about learning understanding your business, the different components on your of your business so that you can talk to that, so that you can inspire the people that are managing that area of your business so yeah. that you can continue to drive the company forward. Another a really um, good skill and leadership quality that I like about you, and we talked about this earlier, is that when you offer your service, you're not just offering the service, the technology, uh, the expertise about the technology. You're as, you're offering so much more that comes with business coaching because you've been very successful in your business. So you have that mm-hmm. expertise that that comes along that add, adds even greater value in what you do. And I think that's. That's amazing. And for a lot of entrepreneurs to really think about that. What else, you know, how else can I partner? As you mentioned earlier, we partner. How else can I partner with the people that I'm serving, the companies that I'm serving in order to create more value and support them in their success. And I think that you do that very well.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, So go ahead. I, I do think that if I, reflect back on some of my experiences, particularly when you're small, right? Um, You tend to do a lot of things. You tend to do a lot of those things, not because you're good at them or because you're passionate about them, but because there isn't anyone else to do them, right? And I think that one of the things you have to be careful about is really being ruthless, about when are you going to give up doing the thing you're not good or not passionate about, right? Meaning that at some point, I'll use finance. I'm not not a great finance person, right? And so at, at what point do you say, you know, I could hire somebody who's better at this than I am, and I could use that time doing something I'm passionate about that would derive more value than me being stuck doing billing every month, Uh right? And I think if I look at a lot of smaller companies that are IT companies, because that's what I'm familiar with, if I look at those companies, a lot of the one and two and three and four person shops, they get stuck at that decision point, right? Their time becomes so preoccupied in doing things that they don't enjoy, but they have to do it because there isn't anyone else to do it. That they never get to the point that they can scale up or take that next step because they're stuck working in the business, not working on the business.
0: And you and Jennifer are very good problem solvers and that's part of the value that you bring in. In this, in, in that approach, you're acting more like a consultant a consultant and then, then in addition to that you bring in the business coaching and this in addition to that it sounds like you're also the implementer or you train those to implement what you're bringing in can you share a little bit of that of how you take that approach bring in all those different pieces to uh, create the value that you provide to your customers
1: um sure i i, I think you you have to understand it at a, at a at a very genuine level, right? That when you produce money uh, for services that, you, that you're offering, the money is actually a byproduct of the value that you're delivering, right? In other words, if you focus on, on generating money, what you'll find is that you won't actually have a very good business. Right. But if you focus on producing value, the byproduct of that is that you end up with a really great business because people want what it is that you're doing. And I think one of the one of those sort of um, turning points that you have somewhere in your business, at least it was for me, is that any company really has three groups of people that they have to make happy, and all three of them play an equal part in your success, right? We all think about customers first, meaning customers always right, we'll do whatever we need to do to serve the customer. And while that might be true to, to an extent, they are only one part. A second part really is your staff, your employees. Mm-hmm. You have to treat them every bit as good as you would a customer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the third part that people often forget are your vendors or your other partners. You have to treat your vendors as well as you treat your employees as well as you treat your customers because there has to be a really fundamental understanding that without any one of those three people invested in each other, that somebody is going to lose, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you were to think about this at at a really A simplistic example. If, If you had the right people, the right processes, the right technologies, the right partnerships, and you invested in a new customer that met your core values, that met the kind of customer that you could add value to, right? In other words, you did a really good job up front at, at being honest and saying, here's a company that I think that we can invest in, as opposed to saying, here's a company who can write me a check, mm-hmm. right? And so if you, if, you, if you were very clear about that up front, and then you said, hey, look, I'm gonna invest everything I have in this new uh, customer, And at the end of it, if we make money or not, we're going to continue to invest. Because what we understand is that as we invest in that company, as we invest in their future, as they grow because they become really good at what they do, that inevitably what's going to happen is a few things. One, they're going to be very loyal to you, to your company to your employees, to all of the products that you bring and represent. Mm -hmm. Two, they're going to end up making you a tremendous amount of money over the long term. And three, they're going to bring you other customers that share the same values that you and they do, right? Mm -hmm. Because people tend to hang out with, with people who are just like them.
0: Absolutely.
1: Right? but it really comes right in the beginning. It's saying, Hey, you know, here's a customer that I think has great potential. Here's a customer that culturally is a good fit, right? Mm -hmm. However you define that. And I would say you want to be very deliberate about defining that so that you can measure everybody with the same yardstick, right? Mm -hmm. I know for us, when we hire a new employee, we, we measure them by the exact same criteria we do when we look for a vendor or we look for a new customer. And if because we know that if people can meet that same criteria, that the way we think and the value that we bring will match what they're looking for. And, and as a result, we're going to have a great partnership. And it will yeah. never be about the money.
0: Yeah, that's great advice for everyone in any industry uh, because we talk so much about focus on the servants instead of the va- the money that you're making. When you focus on the money that is very short-lived and you get you tend to get attached and then, you, and then you start to lose focus on providing that valuable service and you start looking for the next one and the next one and the next one. So that's um, incredible advice that anyone can take and really reflect on treat everybody as you would with the same value your customers your employees your vendors and create a great partnership with all of them because together you will thrive together you will succeed and in the long run you will have more customers more referrals uh, because of the value that you've provided because of the relationships that you that you've built with them so that's really awesome, and that's really what I like about you. I think that's that's your, the culture that you and Jennifer are creating, and that you, that is part of your core value. So I really, really um, appreciate uh, that about both of you and, and your company. So this is really incredible. Now, some people may be thinking, cybersecurity. I don't know if I'm if this is for me or if my company needs that. Can you tell us a little bit about? Uh, the type of companies that would benefit from your services?
1: Sure. So typically people who are worried about cybersecurity, there's really two groups, right? Or maybe even a couple of groups. Um, The obvious one is, is anybody who has some sort of compliance, meaning, you know, they're worried about cybersecurity because if they're not they're gonna have some sort of compliance problem, whether that's manufacturing or healthcare or financial services, uh, or if you're a school and you're dealing with minors, right? Everybody has their own set of compliance rules and standards. And so um, we specialize in compliance. Uh, We're very good at it. And so if you are a, a company that has some sort of regulatory compliance thing, and you're worried about what would happen if you went through an audit. Um, typically, you would make a good customer for us. Um, the second kind of customer tends to be somebody who's really looking to grow. They're being very progressive in whatever it is that they're doing, and they're worried about scalability. They're worried about, hey, you know, we really wanna get this model right while we're small, so that when we get big, we don't make a mess. And so we wanna make sure that we have the right policies and procedures, processes, technology, so that the foundation of what we're doing is really good. That's a second kind of customer that that, uh, tends to be attracted to us. And then the third kind of customer is that sort of multi-generational business uh, insurance companies are, are, are a great example of that where you know they have um, certainly a need to be able to keep their data private uh, but but they also recognize they may not be growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, they may or may not have compliance but their customers certainly have a, a an expectation of them and that they know that, They need to do their due diligence and they need to be secure because they recognize, like many people, that um, there are trillions of accounts that are being hacked every year and that they know and they're worried about that reputational damage that would happen to their business. I mean, I use insurance as an example. Could you imagine if your insurance company was hacked and they had all of your data, um, what kind of damage that might do? Right, and and insurance might be an obvious one, but what about a furniture store? Right, we saw an example of a furniture store not but last year um, that could directly attribute uh, two plus million dollar uh, loss of sales because of a a cyber security issue that they had, where they accidentally disclosed employee information to somebody who wasn't supposed to have it.
0: Wow, so anyone really can benefit from your services. We think about cybersecurity if you have, um, maybe if you have um, some intellectual property that you don't want to review or if you have data that you have to have under compliance and secure. But, it, but what you're saying is that anyone in any industry can benefit from cybersecurity. And, and I feel that the reason it's a good fit for everyone is that it's not just cybersecurity protecting your information it's everything else that you do along with that the processes the procedures the systems in place earlier we were talking about one of your your new uh directions your ventures um mm-hmm. your Ms., mr wizard can you talk a little bit about what that is and and how that fits into that business building and business coaching and consulting
1: sure so you know one of the things that i talked about just a minute ago was was the ability to really invest in each of your customers right because you really are trying to bring them along and and make them a better company and one of the things one of the obvious things that we all think about is no matter whether you're a small company or a large company, we all only have 24 hours in a day, right? And so, you know, you can get yourself in a position, particularly when when you're either smaller or you're growing fast. We Honestly, you just run out of time, right? And there's so many moving parts going on. There's so many things, and and you just don't have the time. And so one of the questions we asked ourselves a year ago was what could we do as a, as a technology provider to, to give our customers more time and make them more efficient. And we went into our ticketing system and we started analyzing the data around why were people calling us? What, what is it that they needed? And what we recognized was that sometimes people call us for small things like, hey, I forgot my password, right? And, and you know it was super frustrating because they're trying to get some work done or they're trying to log into a website. They forgot their password. It's not anybody's fault, but it takes them 10 minutes to get the password reset. That's 10 minutes they don't get back, right? Or sometimes it's I'm a new employee. I know nothing about this company that just hired me. How do I become productive quickly so that I can – Produce value, right? That was a large cross section of the kinds of tickets that we saw. You know, um, hey, can, you know, what does this printer do? Or hey, um, what's on the X drive? Or or how do I get access to this application? Those kinds of tickets. And then the third thing that we saw was just simple, you know, I, I, I'm. I'm in Microsoft Word and I need help on how to do a mail merge. Can you help me do a mail merge? And so out of that realization, we created a new technology we we call, affectionately, Mr. Wizard. And what Mr. Wizard does is one of really three things, it's very simple. One is he knows how to automatically fix things or reset passwords or do those common things that you would call help desk for. That's the first thing he knows how to do. The second thing he knows how to do is he knows how to play your video. So, for example, if I'm a new employee at at, at a customer, I've never used the phone system before, could I watch a video on how to do a conference call, how to transfer a call, how to use the company directory? Those kinds of things. They're simple things that we all have, right? No matter what phone system you're using, you know, you're brand new, right? Um, Or, Can you point me to company policies and procedures around how to do, for example, uh, a leave request or a vacation policy, right? Those kinds of things. And so we took all of these things for our customers and and we put them into a wizard that's that's unique to every customer because every company is different. But it was really around this concept of saying, how could we empower each of these users to be more efficient and help themselves because we recognize that if they could do that, and if we ingrain that into their culture, that they would be more efficient and they could scale themselves faster than they could than if they were trying to constantly train and retrain uh, people as they came and went, as they grew, uh, as the years went by. And so there's an example of, of, of us I guess, creating something to really try and, and pour into that customer.
0: Beautiful. So you created a resource for the companies uh, to grow, to scale, and to better train and create more efficiency and self-sufficiency within their organizations, bringing in a system, processes, mm-hmm. that are going to serve sort of as a platform for that training, for that growth, for for that ability to scale. and. This is again. This is really for everyone, right? That that has new employees. That is that has a system. That has a business that doesn't have time to come back and sit down with that employee and go over again with the manual or how to f- um, follow the procedures or where to find mm-hmm. the procedures. You're you're creating it so that the the CEOs. Uh, the entrepreneurs can focus on that value and providing that service so that they can do what they love and, and succeed and not take on so many of the little things that in the past took time away and took away from uh, the direction or took away from uh, the focus of what's important. So that is incredible.
1: Yeah. It can create a lot of noise. If you think about, you know, uh, as each of our companies have grown a little bit and you hire people, right? We tell them all kinds of things, but people are people. They forget, right? And so what happens is you hire Bob, who's the first guy, and you train Bob, and Bob's great. Bob Bob understands 90% of what you do, right? But then you hire the third person. You hire Sally, and Sally comes in. You don't have time to train Sally. Who trains Sally? Bob. Well, Bob only understood 90% of what you do, so Sally now only understands 70% of what Bob does, right? And so as you grow and as you add people, what you find many times is that the policies and the procedures as straightforward as they may have been um, because they weren't enforced and people weren't held accountable. They were more a verbal... In know, policy and procedure, or let's say they had some flexibility in them, right? It creates a tremendous amount of noise in every direction you could possibly think of. You know, what's our policy when a customer asks us this? What? How do we do, you know, this service for our customer? How much does it cost? Who pays what? Right? Every possible thing you can think of all the way through to HR. And so... Uh, creating mr wizard was was an attempt to say hey let's let's centralize this knowledge so that for every person we add we train them the exact same way and when we make a change to our policies processes or procedures that everybody has the same reference point
0: absolutely beautiful and this really speaks to you as that problem solver you once you see it you identify what the gap is you build it, you create it, or you patch it, as you mentioned earlier. What would you say, because some people may be thinking, well, we have videos, we have training, we we have all of that. What would you say is your unique strategic value that sets you apart from everybody else?
1: Um, I I feel like it's the the intellectual property that we bring for a customer. I'll give you two different approaches to demonstrate that, right? If, if you hired me to do something simple like back up your data, right? Then I'm gonna, I'm gonna come in, and if I'm focused on backing up your data, then I'm gonna say, okay, hey, we're backing up your data. Here, here's your monthly or weekly report. I'm doing everything you've asked me to do, right? You should be happy, I'm happy, money changes hands, everything's great. On the other hand, if you say that differently, and you say, why are you trying to back up this data? Is this data have something to do with compliance? Is, are you gonna potentially have the opportunity to find yourself in court because you did or didn't do something the way that somebody would expect you to do it? Um, And based on that, let's really think about, you know, how we back up that data so that we can understand you know, what your responsibility is. And sometimes what you find out is that you know, what a customer really needs is much less than what they asked for. Sometimes what you find is what they asked for is completely different. You know, what they meant and what they got were two different things. Mm-hmm. And so I think that when you, when you approach a customer that way, um, you really should never be selling them anything. You're really just explaining to them what the options are, and you're really investing in them in saying, you know, what do you need to know? You know, if I was in your shoes and I had a company and I had all these problems, what would I want somebody to tell me? And would they hold my hand and walk me through it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that if you can make that subtle shift and it, uh-huh. it really makes no difference what it is that you do, right? And you can see that in, in simple things, right? You can hire a guy to wash your car, something really simple, and the one guy will will come and say, "Hey, I wash your car at sixty bucks." And the other guy will say, "Hey, you know, I've got. I noticed that you know your car has this and has that, and I have a wax that can fix this and fix that, or you really don't need to do this or do that." and the guy the guy will, will sit across from you and really figure out how to be a good vendor that second guy is irreplaceable
0: yeah so what you're saying is that you just don't offer the service, you offer so much more, you really care about what their needs are, you investigate, you ask the right questions, you identify, and then you customize it for that for that particular client. And you customize it in the way so that they're getting the best value, that you're not overselling or underselling, you're giving them exactly what they need, so that mm-hmm. they can thrive and succeed, so that they can continue on this journey with you, so that uh, they can always Count on you as the hand holding. You can explain, answer the questions. And now with Mr. Wizard, you you're you created creating an additional value for your customers to yeah. to uh, again create more efficiency, more growth, another level of value, and another level of coaching that you're offering to them, uh, and something that they can use within their organizations to automate. Yeah. Uh, to to uh, it also feels like so that they can shift their focus and spend more time on the things that are important for their company to grow their company and for their customers.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, if we go to that same example, which company would you hire? The guy that spends his entire life trying to figure out what the best backup solution is and it's all about the product that they want to sell or a guy who wants to spend time with you about what it is you're trying to actually produce as an outcome and a result of that might be a product that does the backup. Right. 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 It's, it's a subtle difference, but it makes a huge difference.
0: It does. It sure does because you're building relationships. That's what you're doing you're building long-term relationships, business relationship, business partnership versus uh, just selling another, or just getting another sale. What, what advice or what um, piece of, um, of gold nuggets for success would you share with the audience?
1: Um, probably the things I would say to you is, you know, if you're really small, I think you have to make your peace with the fact that you're probably not going to be nine to five. You know, business, particularly when you're small, requires a lot of you, you know, and I think you have to make, make peace with that. I think that as you grow, you you have to understand that, you know, God made us all perfect, but unfortunately, we didn't come with all the skills that are required. And so we're going to have to invest in ourselves to learn new skills, Right. I mean, think about it. If you want to invest in yourself, how is anybody else going to invest in you, right? And so that might be a commitment to reading a book about a topic or learning a new management skill or going to a seminar, right? You have to engage. You've got to be willing to invest in yourself. I think that that's really important. And I think, you know, listening to podcasts or, or having a peer group that can challenge your ideas is really, really important, right? Because they will literally shave years off of your um, off of your journey because instead of you having to try and error uh, each idea that you have, you'll find that there's somebody who's been there, somebody who's done that, somebody who's tried it, and they'll either say, hey man, don't do that, it absolutely never worked, or they'll say, We tried that and what we found was if we made this one small little change, it made a big difference to us, right? And so I I think finding peers and and really getting yourself plugged in is important. And I think focusing on, on the culture of the company that you want to build, even if that's not the company who you are today, whether that's because your culture is different or whether that's because you're too small, maybe it's just you. Hey, our culture is great, it's whatever I say it is, right? It's only me. Um, but I, I think really being deliberate about defining that and walking it out is important. And I think last, um, be open to change. The, the, the company you wanted to be when you opened your business and the company you're going to be when you're successful one day might be two completely different companies, right? And just be open to change.
0: That is really good, good advice. The time. <laughs> yeah, that's really good advice. Uh, surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals, whether it's a peer group, a mentor a coach, modeling yourself or your business after successful companies or leaders that share the same core values uh, and environment, and being open to change. And I think with, with that also is be open to look at yourself, to look at what are my current limitations? What, are, what am I lacking in my skill sets or leadership skills that I can go out there, that I can find a mentor for or a coach or that I can connect with a group that is going to elevate me and is going to allow me to acquire that, which is what I need to get yeah. to the next level yeah and if i could
1: add to that right i'm just sort of thinking about that as you were reading that back to me giving people permission to challenge you
0: Mm. i
1: think is really important i love
0: that i love that yeah absolutely because go ahead
1: you don't always have to be right Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: you want to give people permission even if even if you pay their paycheck to say to to you hey respectfully, I think there's a different way. There's a better way to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And if you really think about it, we've all known lots of people who have coaches that do all sorts of things. But at the end of the day, when the coach fails, it probably has something to do with um, they didn't feel like they could challenge you or that you weren't open enough to take their advice and really think about, you know, Maybe 10% of what they said was, was right on and maybe 90% of it was less. But, but can you find the golden nugget in what they've told you to do? Because if you can do that uh, systematically, um, I, I think that you can really change your perspective.
0: Yes, yes. And just uh, to close it off, you know, to, to allow others to challenge you, is to be vulnerable and is to be powerful at the same time because you're willing to see yourself and you're willing to allow others to see you because in reality everybody else is a reflection of you and if you can and if you can take if you can see it from that point without judgment without criticism and just truly be open and just take it in and see what is really aligned with you see what you know what makes sense to you and then you follow that which makes sense to you from that advice that is being given. So yeah. all of this is, is great for somebody that, uh, that is looking to, uh, to, you know, to get to the next level of success. If somebody was interested in knowing more about you or your company, how would they find you?
1: Um, they, they can find you? us in, in one of two ways. Um, of course, we have a website and it's uh, just www.mis-solutions.com or they can certainly pick up the phone and call us Uh, Our main number is 770-945-5487. And we'd love to talk to you. And and, and if I kind of go back uh, through some of the things I've shared with you, I would encourage you, if you just want to call and ask a question, if you want to call and say, you know, I I don't know if this is right for me or not, or you want to validate something that someone else has already told you, we're, we're happy to talk to you, right? Even if even if it doesn't cost you a thing, right? Because it goes right in that it, right in line with you know, let's produce value, let's do it together, uh, and, and what happens next, we'll we'll walk down that road.
0: Yes, beautiful. Thank you, Liam, for being here today. It was a beautiful conversation, a lot of nuggets to take away, a a lot that you shared and offered that uh, the listeners can walk away with and implement, or see how that fits in their business and take the next steps for themselves. Thank you again for being here and I look forward to having you again very soon.
1: Thank you, Mary. I really appreciate you having me on.
0: So is some pause? How was that? There we go.
1: Ah, It's good. (laughs)